You're listening to Lost and Rewound here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. Radio Free Brooklyn Land. Ah, Brooklyn Land. Brooklynia. In Bushwick and beyond. Bushwickingtons. And again, as far as across the uh, equator, I'm sure we've got people listening in Australia. Oh, yeah. We've got our we got our fans over in Nova Scotia. Oh, yeah. Got a lot of people all around the world. Hawaii? Yep. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Hawaii? Hawaii. 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 This is Lost and Rewound. This is Lost and Rewound. <laughs> That's Jimmy. Yeah, it is. It's Alon. <laughs> that's me. And uh, we bring this to you every Thursday at 3 p.m. on RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. If you want to sponsor our show, you can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash L-A-R, and all of your generous donations will go to helping us with the financial ease it e- takes. To- easements. Yes. We need easements. Some of these things are not necessarily as free as you may think. But that said, with your kind contributions, we can remain the free-form radio format. You're not inundated with advertisements telling you how delicious and savory something is, <laughs> or how much you need it in your life, or how it'll fill all the voids in your, in your heart. Truth. We're here for that. We are here for that. We're going to so- give you some sweet sounds, <laughs> some melodious tones. It's going to be a good time. RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash pledge is the addy to go to for any and all contributions to our organization as a whole. We are non-for-profit, so throw us your charitable contributions. And for each amount of money you decide to pledge, you will receive some sort of gift because you need it. Booty. Booty. You'll get, you'll get bountiful amounts of booty. Uh, I missed Pirate Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> Pirate Jimmy's never too far away. He's just over the horizon. <laughs> Without further ado, let us begin on this journey of audio-ness. Audio-daciousness. Audio-daciousness. On the program is Mr. Ryan Smith, New Jersey born and bred, now residing here in Brooklyn. He again is an incredibly talented musician. He heads Crusasis as well as solo projects. You can hear him playing acoustically around local open mics. Fantastic man. Welcome to the show, Mr. Ryan Smith. 
Thank you. You're back. I'm back, guys. So, so for those of you out there, this happened once before, and it happened again. So, those of you out here who go, "We're back," I never heard of this guy. <laughs> we recorded a ghost episode with him. Yes. Yep. We did a practice episode. <laughs> yeah. For this episode, I need to make sure practice. to make sure you know we got into the cages, we took some swings, <laughs> and now we're ready for the game, baby. Yes. These guys knew I was worth a good practice round. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they knew I was rough around the edges. Now I'm like ready and roaring. And it was it was worth it, I think. Right, guys? I think I had a good time. So yes. I was just sad in the fact that no one else got to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. I, I celebrated on with some of my friends from my old bands. I was like, dude, I talked about this song and we played it. And Guess uh, what? You'll be talking about it again. <laughs> <laughs> Today's yeah. the real the little deja vu. Yeah. We're gonna find Denzel. We're yes. gonna make it happen. <laughs> yeah, Bill I mean, Murray Groundhog Day. Here yes. we go. Oh my god. There's something really magical about redoing an episode because this has happened to us once before with Jeremy Hammond. Um, and oh, so it's not the first. Time. It's not no, the first time. Sorry, you're not that special. <laughs> yeah, it's it Hammond. has happened once before. But with that episode, the difference between the first time around and this time around was is that we had two guests, and then one of the other guests didn't come back. For for the second go around and we had a we different had a recast yeah. yeah so this one is str- strictly just you know you've got your guitar back with you uh-huh. you've got the same tracks that we're going to be uh rocking out for this go around yeah except july reps going to be a new one for you guys so. oh we're already getting previous <laughs> new track ones titles from the uh the ghost recordings yes. normally in these cases i have a, a shitty fucking memory when it comes to like the short-term stuff. Yeah, I can remember things that happened so long ago that the fact that we do a show about this, it's not surprising with all the old audio that exists. You're going to be bringing to our attention today is stuff that I have not actually heard since that time. So it'll be on fresh ears. Mm-hmm. Just as well, a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about on this episode will be little artifacts of your life that were brought up that we nearly just are going to be hearing again so it's all going to be kind of deja vu to all of us but that said but we're all different people now we're all different people <laughs> we're all a bit older grown, and a bit wiser oh, i've grown so much since that time i'm let me tell dumber you. for sure sorry guys roll back dude okay we just uh, i'm just going back. i've been i've been just getting a little bit too close to the sun <laughs> well okay so i'll i'll, I'll take it a vitamin step. d man i'll take it <laughs> od well so i'll take it a step further since the last time i got a chance recently to see you perform and that was something i was really grateful yeah. that i got to do uh because i was in the middle of two vacations in the time in that week mm-hmm it was awesome to get the chance to see Crusasis at St. Vitus, a venue that I don't go to nearly enough, but whenever I go, I am never left dissatisfied. It meant a lot for you to come, man. Thank you. <laughs> when you were younger and you were starting out as a musician, how often did your friends go and check you out, or did you feel like it took a lot of convincing for friends to come and see you play your music? For every era, there were different ebbs and flows like in high school i mean i played at only a couple shows where the audience was basically captive like you know everybody went <laughs> they couldn't go anywhere everybody went because we were so young nobody knew of anything else to do and we were in the suburbs so that was that and then when i was like 17 to 20 that band i was in at that period 
I would promote the shows. I had a lot more friends back then. <laughs> I see. And uh, everybody and I, did, man. I, and I just, you just have a different perspective of what you want to do for a show or what it means. And I busted ass to get people to some shows. It was really cool, and I had people from all different parts of my life come through. By the time I was like twenty four, that was pretty much done. Yeah, you're like, nah, I'm not gonna go and do all this like work, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, and you just keep making art, and you can't promote fast enough. That's my problem. <laughs> Social media uh, during this time was something that you were using with uh, promotion for your band. Yeah, uh, MySpace, bro. Right? Nah, uh, <laughs> no, no band MySpace. Well, I think I got Facebook in like 2007, which was I graduated high school that year, and uh, I think I started using it like 2008 for shows i remember using it back then i suck at it i always sucked at it back then i i was just like really gung-ho so it worked for a little bit i guess but, dude it's it's hard yeah and you want to when you you want to play as many shows as you can you think that that's gonna get you going forward and you just want more and more experience but you can't promote them amazingly all the time so. besides the fact that if you play more and more then people go I already saw you last week, exactly. bro. I'm not going to come see you this week again, yeah. dude. And you're like, and you can't even get mad. And you're yeah. like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> you had bands before this period of time, right? Yeah. Before you graduated high school. Yeah. Like, even in middle school, you had bands that you were rocking with. And there must have been more than you, uh, somebody who was adept at socializing with relative strangers in your school to say, come to the show or come check us out. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a leader of the band. Were you, or were you the leader? Of the I'm the leader. Because creatively, I'm the A role or whatever. You've always been the A role. Personality. Uh, yeah, I've always been the lead songwriter. There was one band where me and the dude were basically, we were a two piece and we both pretty much split the songwriting, but I was the leader. I booked tours pretty good, and that's a necessary evil, which I picked up when I was like 18. It's not that I love doing it, but I got into it. So if I'm booking the tours, I'm kind of managing the band, and usually I'm the lead songwriter. When did you did you write your first song? Ha! <laughs> uh, wow. I remember, maybe not the first, but my first songs were raps when I was like five or six or something, probably around then, and they would be about beer commercials. <laughs> like what? I would put the bud, why, sir? But, 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 why, sir? Like, like, that's what be the hook and the rap. And then I'd rap about Budweiser and how rap cool about the commercials beer, were. You're chilling in the clear. And, yeah. And Coors Light. And I remember, this is my favorite, though. I still remember, I think I have the sheet somewhere that the first song I still have a remnant from is called My Disgusting Candy Apple. But I don't, I couldn't spell disgusting. So I wrote My Dust king candy apple <laughs> and it was some weird poem rap about a gross candy apple i ate <laughs> i don't think i've ever eaten a candy apple but that just sounds like I a mean, perfect ode i'll say it like this it was inspirational. Like, the first time that i had a candy apple i thought what did i get myself into yeah that's and how then, I felt. <laughs> and then and then I was like afterwards I was definitely regretting it my decision because I was like way too sticky and my teeth were like kind of hurting to just get through the thing. You know what? Caramel apples. I was about to say sick. Dude, caramel apples. I was going to say dude if you want to get on the jump off <laughs> yeah. hit up some caramel apples bro. Because yeah. like, they're always next to candy apples. They're all both yeah. the right both right there yeah. and everyone goes oh I got to get candy apple because it's like the classic. No yeah. man go for the caramel. That's, that's just that, that that's totally like Halloween time right? 
that you'd always get those yeah. like around like, yeah, October. fall. Yeah, and I I would get them at um at the amusement park. You get them at the amusement park. Uh, I would get yeah. them at the uh like the state fair or something. Yeah, so you get them. Weird fair. I used to go, used to, go to uh, Rye Playland in upstate New York. I'm familiar. Uh, which is in Monroe. Yep. Not okay. Monroe. It's in Rye. It's fucking Rye what Playland. A, we've we've been over this before, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's in fucking Rye. What am I saying? You can swear as much as you want on this uh, go around. I like the, I like to not keep, fuck I like, around. I like with... to keep things proper, you know. Yeah. I like to make sure I'm a, I'm a nice guy and I do what I'm Swearing to on do. RFB is mm. okay, but you, I know, but de- I... you best not put a swear word in the same sentence. Is Rye Playland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I try to That's be dishonorable. <laughs> so, you guys, have you guys ever been there? Nah, hell they have, no. They have one of the. <laughs> wow, that was. Rough. I'm just dissing Shade it off on, the bat. Dude, they have on one on of the. the they have one of the only uh, wooden roller coasters uh, in the country. Another one, of course, is which is in Coney Island. It's the Cyclone. But the best thing about a wooden roller coaster is while you're on it, you feel like it's going to come apart. Yeah, I do love that feeling. <laughs> so you write this song about a Dust King candy apple, <laughs> and that you were how old? Sorry, I dude, you must have been five or so. You said, let's say five to eight. You should just make a like an album or at least a song called Dust King Candy Apple. Not a bad idea. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good idea. I like Dust King. Dust, Dust King. King. The candy Apple, I hate. It's already discussed. Yeah, but, but Dust, Dust, King, Dust is King, cool. King is weird. Dust King is cool. Did you have any older siblings? I had a sister. I still have her. <laughs> She's but, but, three years older than me. And was she involved in music? Um, I do remember writing a rap uh, at those times and her performing it with me. Awesome. Which was great. She's actually a great singer. But um, she never stuck with music. She moved into other things. Were your parents uh, involved in music? I'm, I'm curious as to uh, how the uh, encouragement was growing mm. up with music. My parents were really supportive once they realized how much I was getting into it. But I didn't have any learning from them because they were both completely non-musical. Though my dad loved like rock and roll and his favorite artist is Chris Christopherson. Okay. But he loved Zeppelin and... He gave me my first tape, which was my Sharona. Awesome. So the knack. And I remember the little tape deck I had for it, and I put it in, and I'd be like, this fucking song's weird. (laughs) It it rocks. He's like, the drums, man. You got to listen to the drums. And I still to this day don't like the drums in this song. The guitar is good. I like that guitar. I like it more now. Does your dad like the movie Blade? I love the movie Blade, and that's how I know Chris Christopherson best. That's the only way I know Chris Christopherson. I know. That's what got me into him, but his songs are fucking sick. Silver Tongue Devil was one of our family songs. That was the only thing he really sang. And then he sang this weird song. I still don't know who did it, but it goes like, if I had a Pictionary, I would own a dictionary. You've got the floor. That it's sounds okay. like a really good song so far. <laughs> yeah. And then he'd also sing Blue Moon, which was cool. Blue Moon is just a, it's a classic. Yeah. You know, my dad, he's pretty old. He's 70. And uh, he was really, before rock, he was into like Temptations kind of stuff. Oh, so he loved so Blue Moon and that kind of stuff. That was his first thing. And then and then in the 60s, he got into it. Any song about Moon is good. Did you do Hell yeah. I don't know why. concerts Three. together? Uh, yeah, man funny my dad's a badass he's a motorcycle guy like that's what he defined himself as he took me to see Modesky martin and wood once because i was really into that hell yeah yeah that's some jam band shit but that is some good jam they're band great shit. he he got us good tickets like you know they're not huge so i don't know 
we got we had like almost front row seats to to their little show and uh some dudes got up in front of my dad and he's old school and he's like i paid for these tickets and he stands up he always talks about this he stands up and he's talking to these guys like get the fuck out of my way i paid for these seats and these dudes are like yo man we're enjoying the music we're here and my dad is a fighting guy like he's gonna hit one of them like soon and i get up to be like yo dad chill out like this is a show and then the the security comes but he always interprets it as uh i got up to get his back which i would have if he swung and we got in a fight but i was trying to more de-escalate <laughs> but yeah that's one of the memorable shows we went to that we didn't really go to too many shows so that's like that's a special that's a special moment man pops i don't know why but i i feel the same way i was just telling someone recently how uh the young people and gun violence nowadays people need to roll it back and get back to fist fights usually somebody got hit once they went down they lost the fight and it was over yeah. nobody got hurt it was just about you know getting out that aggression that yeah. people are going to naturally have we're just animals that are wearing clothes and socializing ourselves uh, but you see mm -hmm. i feel like there should definitely be a limit to where the violence ends uh well, that's because you are not a fighter. I am a, I am a pacifist, <laughs> however, and back me up, gentlemen, but in the pit, everything is on the table. But in the stands, like I don't condone people just punching people when they're sitting down. People go and sitting down in seats because they want to chill. No, I'm talking about punching people in all facets of society. <laughs> yeah. well, like I don't it's like this, yeah, like and I don't shows. Yeah, like in in the Russian parliament, like they punch each other, like in the in the <laughs> they, Senate room. They, and they stuff. do that mm. in all governments. Our government is like uh, the way, surprisingly we're, civil compared we're, we're to We're the other one ones. government where we're, where they're not like yeah, literally beating each other up. Yeah, and true. I think I our mean, government's again, just a bunch of babies. They can, they 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 won't throw punches. I think again, people just need to get back to you know because sometimes these they go overboard with these, and that's the deal. Is I don't want anybody ever to ever like get hurt. I'm not advocating that. I'm advocating kind of like in hockey. The referees just hey. kind of stand there for a moment, and the moment one guy is winning, it's over. But when they're toe to toe, it's just two bolt, two, two, two stags locking horns. When did you pick up a guitar for the first time? Uh, I picked up a bass uh, as my first instrument when I was like, I guess in middle school, maybe eleven or ten or something. And then a snare drum. I got a snare drum right around that time, so I was always in the rhythm first. And then uh, guitar. I don't. You were playing all three of these? I mean, were you playing just all these instruments at the same time and just twiddling around with all yeah. of them, well, trying to be proficient in all of them? When I was in, like, fourth grade, I was renting a sax for school. And then I got into rock instruments, bass mainly. That's how I led my first band was on bass. And then I got really into sax when I was, like, 17. So I wasn't good at any of them until I focused on one at a time. Like, I focused on bass. And then I focused on sax, and then I focused on drums, and now I'm in my guitar focusing period still. The progression of instruments that you went through to get to where you are, do you think if you had gone back to try it again, do you think you would have tried guitar a little earlier? No reason to really think about that. The reason I picked up bass first is because of Primus. I heard Les Claypool, and I was like, he can do it all on bass, and it's more interesting. It's like to hear bass played in a different way. So I guess that's why it attracted me. As I got older, I backed up a lot of people on drums. I was a support musician to learn because I loved songwriters and I didn't feel strong enough. 
as a singer and a songwriter. So it took me a lot of years to get there. And I think that's what getting into guitar came later. Was there a certain moment or a band or a song that inspired you to really try your hand at songwriting more passionately? Just natural progression, man. I'm just a fan of, of all different types of writing. Like I wrote a lot of jazz stuff when, once I was like right out of high school. And then I got into hip hop. And then I uh, was writing this long metal stuff, which is kind of classical, 10 minute, 15 minute long songs. And I wrote a lot of music with my band. That was once I was 22 until still I'm in that band. I always wanted to write folk, blues, pop songs too. I, and I, I would write some over the years, but then it just became natural to, all right, that's what I'm doing now. That band that you uh, refer to, that, that's not Chris Asis though, right? Or yeah. Is that, is, that is. Yeah. And what do you have another band that you uh, do stuff with regularly? It's slowed down, but Thera Roya is my sludge metal project. Sludge metal. Yeah. So that's where you get to be even more creative uh, in so much as like finding a different venue that does not uh, represent oh. your actual intentions per se. It could be more of a sort of like a side project. That's interesting. Uh, that was my main focus for years, and it's a very abstract world. The the world of that is experimental metal, it's sludge metal, whatever. It's just there's no verse, chorus, verse kind of thing. Things go as however the fuck I want them to. And I'm also the lead singer in that band, and I improv. I, I call the type of singing I do in it glossolalia, which is a term that I learned from Cocktail Twins, a band I yeah. love. And she often isn't singing lyrics. Liz Frazier, I know not one word that she says. Yeah, Constantly. so uh, that's me in my band. You wouldn't know it. You'd be like, I love those lyrics. And I'd be like, there are none. <laughs> That's well, It's all very lush and the words are completely incomprehensible, but yeah. it's supposed to be sort of layered like that. Yeah. That's so you're doing that in a metal capacity yeah. of which is super righteous and really uh, far out. And I'm sure that there's a lot of groups that you have taken uh, inspiration from uh, of mm. what ones that I can't even think of because I don't listen to it. Normally. Yeah. Well, making up words, it's, you know who inspired me for that and I met and almost toured with, which was really cool, was um, Mike Doty from Soul Coughing. Friend of uh, Radio Free Brooklyn's. Yeah. When I was growing up, my brother got me into Mike Doty and I found out he wrote in terms of what sounded good next to each other. So none of his lyrics made sense. He just was, he would think of melodies and then fit words that fit in that melody scheme and so it, things would be really strange and abstract and i always loved that because i found it hard to tell a story and i found it unnecessary to be honest a lot of times i don't have to be so clear because this could be instrumental music when i started singing in Theroya, i just added it as another instrumental layer because we're a three-piece and i'm like let's have voice in there to add some variety Sometimes I write lyrics, most of the times I don't. And uh, Mike Doty inspired me in that. My biggest inspiration is definitely the band because the drummer, Levon Helm, when I saw him belting like beautiful song, The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down is one of my favorite songs. And he's playing drums and nailing every note. And I'm like, fuck, if he can do that behind the drum kit, 
I can go anywhere. I can do anything. So no metal bands in the singing term inspired me. Well, you definitely pull from a lot of different inspirations, and I don't see any uh, reason why we can hesitate to ask if you are down to play something here in the studio. Sure, yeah. Play H.E. Xiong. Is this just a song of yours that you've been playing on the open mics circuit? Yeah. I think I did it last time here, and uh, it keeps feeling better and better. It's called Human. It's just an introspective one, and uh, I wrote it after this three-month trip in Budapest I took last year. It solidifies a time of my life kind of recently, so. Awesome. So again, guys, this is a Lost and Rewound exclusive. Ryan Smith. Here we go. As Matthew McConaughey would say. <laughs> <laughs> Even better the second time, sir. 
Thank you. Thank no, you. first time you definitely knocked it out of the park. This time, slacking. Seriously slacking. Come on, man. Where's the, where's the, where's the practice? Little thing you call practice. He got to get you into the gym, baby. <laughs> where where could uh, That's folks... That's not cool. <laughs> we usually do the plugs um, towards the end, but only so much as is that. So how you could be able to hear Ryan Smith solo, because... Um, you know, you are playing quite often, and I know that Jimmy is hosting some of those open mic you know, nights in order for you to be able to play. Where could you be normally found? Solo, I'm taking a bit of a break. Like, you are? Oh. Just because my band, we, we did an album, and we're trying to finish it. I got a lot going on with the band and stuff. So I've swing by Topaz on Tuesday nights, maybe once a month. Over on point. over on Bushwick Avenue? Yeah, on Bushwick Ave. That's, that, that's a good open mic that I met Jimmy at. It's just got a good vibe. And I used to hit other ones, but I don't have a lot of free time to explore and find new ones. The very busy Ryan Smith is here with us in the studio. When we come back, shall we dig deep back into the vault? I can't wait. That'll be great. You've heard current Ryan Smith. Now we're about to hear the Ryan Smith of the past, as we do here on Lost and Rewound. Radio Free Brooklyn. would like to submit any of your own clips you can send them directly into the show and even appear on the show and do that by again emailing us at lost and rewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org very often we will get submissions that are not of the analog variety but altogether as long as it's something from your past that may be digitally created chances are 10 years or so that have passed it's going to represent something about you that you have not thought of in a long time. So either way, analog or digital, reach out to us. We want, we want to hear it. Yeah. We want to hear it. And this guy, I know this guy's again, he's, he's saying it in that phrasing because he's a tape nut. He's not going to judge you if you want to send him a digital file. <laughs> uh, what, I'm not going to judge. It's true. We have Ryan Smith here who's going to unlock a door. Of, Again, of embarrassment for us. He yes. already opened Pandora's box once before with our uh, ghost episode, mm-hmm. but now he's back to reopen it. Time and to open Pandora's glove box. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So entertain us. Yep. Do it very slowly and make sure I can see your hands when you're doing it. <laughs> First of all, how did, how did you record this stuff? Was this on tape or uh, for your computer? Well, this first recording is from my first band and... It was on a VHS tape. Awesome. Yeah, and I stole the audio. It got onto YouTube eventually, and then I took the audio from that. So VHS to YouTube to this audio file. <laughs> Can you give us a little background about uh, Euphoria? Yeah, Euphoria, baby. <laughs> Greatest name ever for a band. That's all you need to know, bro. You ain't never had <laughs> it. Euphoria. You ain't never had it. You ain't never going to understand yeah. it. Yeah, you'll never know. <laughs> it, it is better than, better than Blank Illusion. Let's just say that. <laughs> blank oh, yeah. Illusion. Yep. <laughs> is that, that's a real band? Yo, you, you weren't here. Brooks and Ryan and I, uh, uh, Ryan Reich and I, we're all here um, chatting about our dismal uh, attempt at a band together, all three of us, without, without a drummer. And that was Blank Illusion. That was Blank Illusion. We Damn. did two songs. Oh, boy. 
All right. <laughs> you guys should start a boy band. Well, let's yeah, exactly. <laughs> we should at this point. But let, let but talk talk to us about Euphoria quickly before we play sure. this first song. Well, I think the best thing about Euphoria is I changed the name from Utopia. <laughs> okay. The first incarcerate or yeah, incarceration in, of it. In, Incarnation. Incarnation. <laughs> it was kind of like a prison name. <laughs> <laughs> um the first incarnation was Utopia, which was just an amalgam of a few of my friends who we all liked music and we just did covers of stuff we barely understood. And uh and then I realized the name of the band didn't make any sense. We're not like a civilization that's great or something. It's like that doesn't make any sense. So like let's change it to Euphoria. That makes sense and is really cool. When I was like fourteen, I'm like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know much about it just yet, but one of these days <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I will understand what this is. Yeah. I'm just like, that's just that's the word, man. That's what music is for me. What's the name of the song? Closure. <laughs> I was in I think I was probably just getting into Opeth back when I wrote this one and i think uh it's it, very um you know dark heavy-ish and uh and luckily not as long as an opeth song <laughs> yeah that would take forever <laughs> yeah this was one of the first songs from my first band let's hear it euphoria
<laughs> okay, so got uh, the future in there. The Fourteen slash fifteen year old Ryan Smith playing bass at what kind of venue? That was the high school uh, battle of the bands, or high school, or it was a showcase. Band. I don't think it was a battle. It was a we ba- made we made it a battle because we came with it so hard. Everyone else was they were <laughs> they bowed down exactly. <laughs> were there other metal bands you know, on the bill, dude? I know there was one band that totally thought they were the shit. And, 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 they, and it was you. No. <laughs> no. I'm always the guy who's mad insecure. Okay. I, we're always a, weird. What was popular for like heavier stuff back then was more metalcore, Linkin Parky kind of stuff. Mm. So I always knew. That it, was the band it, who thought they were the shit. Yeah, the cool kids were playing like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. dude. And we were weird because it was like. I don't know. It's just not that. I was heavy. You got your hair in your face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. just those weird, quieter musician dudes. When you're on a bill, for example, with bands that you're not familiar with, is there a general, like, you know, sort of, you're getting acclimated, you're getting rougher, I should say, you're getting acquainted with these bands and chances are you'll play with them again. Mm. You don't know, probably know who they are before you get put on the bill together. When you're a, like a middle school, though, mm. how is it playing with other bands? Do you get along with these kids to the point where like you are both like riffing ideas off each other and probably getting along better because you have this common thread? It's really the same as it's always been. There are people you get along with and people you don't. And back then it was the same. My tastes have never changed. I don't care how technically good anybody is. It's all about just how I think they sound and feel when they play. How authentic does it feel to me? How much is coming across? And I remember kids... We're like shredding and I'm like, fuck that guy, fuck that guy. And then I'd find that drummer in that band that you just heard, Euphoria, he was like soulmate kind of 
relationship we had. It was like, holy shit. And we were both met very different people in very different groups. We just clicked completely. And then there were other people who, I, you know, I just couldn't stand. And that was the same back then. <laughs> but it was a good reception, it sounds like. Dude, the, that crowd... I wish that crowd would just follow me around. The rest That'd be of my so life. great, dude. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Smith. <laughs> Some chicks who are just like, I don't know. Oh, that sounded actually more on I the heckling so... side of things. No, 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 <laughs> no. no, no. Dude, you know what's, I mean, it's having your own crowd, like seating your own crowd is the best. People that are all like your people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, because they're all, because oh, yeah. they give you extra mm-hmm. than you even did because they yeah. just want to support you too. It's yeah. it's a beautiful thing. If, if I was performing and someone was like, Yelan Danziger, I'd be like, mm-hmm. What if they said, like, what if they said, yeah, Jalan Hamzinger? <laughs> Jalan? They get the name wrong. <laughs> I should have had you follow me around during my uh, high school days, Jimmy. I would have had the best nicknames. <laughs> we do have a second track to play: uh, "The Sockful of Quarters Massacre." Fuck yeah! Please tell us about how you came up with this title well, and what we can expect the from it. Deal is, you get the sock, <laughs> you put the quarter in, you get a lot of wash, smack them, get a lot of Washingtons, <laughs> get the Washingtons up, yeah, and not the paper kind, exactly. <laughs> that would be useless. <laughs> um, all right, well, this is one of probably historically my most proud band, which was Tree Splitter, which is my friend Jim, who I've talked to Jimmy about before. He, Jimmy kind of reminds me of Jim a little. The Jims kind of have a similar vibe, I guess. There's a thing. They, we were all, we're like, we're basically, we all came it's from like the, the same. like the Matrix, and yeah. they came from the same pod. Exactly. Whoa. Yeah, it's cool, that. man. 16 years old? Uh, No, this... Same age as before? This might be younger. Oh, really? Uh, I mean, Euphoria was the first band, but Tree Splitter was a in-my-bedroom project where we... We had 10 albums and we would just sit down and we'd come up with a theme of something and then we'd either write the song about that or have a theme for the album and we would do this all throughout high school. And then we graduated to garage bands once we graduated high school and became the Woodsman. We changed from Tree Splitter to the Woodsman, which meant we got like electronic a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) And yeah, so I mean, we had albums like our first album was Mystical Shrubbery. Our second album was The Mole Man Conspiracy. I think the third album was Space Something, The Black Hole Explosion. A song on that was 100% Hate, 2% Ass. (laughs) (laughs) This, okay, now to talk about this one. This album was called The House of Everything because at the time, a lot of movies and stuff were coming out that was like House of Flying Daggers, House of Wax, House of... House on the Haunted Hill. On Haunted Had that Hill. Come, I thought that had come out already at that point. We're it, talking like what, like 2000 and... Uh, House of Flying Daggers? I think like a, a few years where the, like, there was this like yeah, string of house movies. This thing. And so they just, the title. So we picked up on it and we wrote an EP on that. House of Everything is a good name for, for an album, actually, yeah. dude. Honestly, I like that name. Yeah. And, uh, and so this one is just one of the horror movies that came out under that t- title. I guess we, we wrote. <laughs> it's called Sock Full of Quarters Massacre because we think that's funny that a guy is running around killing people with a sock full of quarters. And basically the song is like onomatopoeia. It's us acting that out in my bedroom, like 14, 15 years old. Uh, me on bass, him on guitar. There's some weird noises we're making, and it's on this little tiny mic that's like a USB mic or whatever, and that's that's how that was back then. 
This is a disclaimer for all you kids out there. Don't put quarters into a sock or a bar of soap. This yeah. is bad news. And yeah. last time we played it here, you said, I think that was the most dissonant thing we ever played on the show. And I found that as a point of honor. So we got to play it this time. We do have to play it again. So this will likely be continuously still the most dissonant thing that you will ever hear on Lost and Ruwound. House of Wax, 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 House of W
Oh, Lord. Paris Hilton, no! <laughs> oh, boy. We should have never came here. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. On second listen, and I mean, I don't remember it too much the first time in order to uh, have the context, but thank you for telling me it was the most distant thing we've ever played on this show. But more importantly, it is probably one of the more inventive things that we have played on this show because mm. I realized that with all of the submissions we get, it's very rare that we get a chance to listen to like sketches of sorts from other people when they were making in high school. Well, there was a there was a whole thought process behind it. Yeah, Besi- behind the music, it was like there was it was concept. You were saying while yeah. we were playing, uh, Ryan, that Jim was kind of like a pop culture guy. Yeah, he remembered everything. I guess how it worked. I would usually come up with a bass line or whatever. He would come up with something on guitar or keys. And then I would be more like in the moment reactionary and he would have all this plethora of knowledge about whatever we decided to sing about. This one is not a showcase of that. We had an album called Evolution. He just talked about Darwin. <laughs> like pulls out a lot of shit out of his ass about everything. And he would just pull out like actors from movies if like it related to something in a song we were singing about that was half of what tree splitter was jim just talking about different actors and movies and stuff (laughs) what was going on i couldn't improvise like him i don't retain any of that kind of information (laughs) so he needed to do that and then i would be like off the cuff with it with what he would come up with this third track what we have is called July Rap. Is yeah. that also with Jim or was it with somebody else? This is the Woodsman. So me and Jim, okay. once we went electronic. <laughs> oh, God. It's like Bob Dylan. Yeah, <laughs> this is the moment that you guys sold out. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for no, this. There's, to... there's no such thing as selling out when it comes to I some July know, rap. So. I know, I know. <laughs> no way. If only we were playing July this rap. I'm a, I'm a July oh, baby, man, this so is I gonna feel be... July rap. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so this is in your honor, Jimmy. Thank you, sir. And you're going to get a taste of my friend Jim's knowledge in his rap here. We still talk about it and sing it and hang out with it <laughs> in our <laughs> brains. It, it, it no. has remained. It, we, we, we set a table. We set a place for it at the dinner table. <laughs> no, bring that July rap, son. <laughs> it has remained an inside joke yeah. in the lore of Ryan Smith's life. Yeah, And now it'll be an inside joke. And the lore of Lost and Rewound as well. Everybody. Oh, yeah. Dig it. The silence of the lambs came back for a flam, a flam, a flam. Where are you, man? Don't gotta go. Don't gotta know. I see you shuffling the snow. It's that desert cold. Rots your bones, curl your toes. The ecstasy is great. Come get a taste if you dare. As of late, live liar is a lake, a big open space for us to play. Like a little quake or a 
with a rusty gale. This wind is the worst when the storm drops hail. Hello, hello, hello again. I'm not your friend, I'm not your friend. My skin is fire, earth and stone. My mind is the water that birth could own. I trust and breathe, a dirty seed, a desert sweet to number three. The kings, the kings, the greatest man. Wander until a million. Beautiful. Can you? So it? beautiful. Yo, saying that you're like you you got like you got more like money than Boss Tweed is <laughs> that's really rich, bro. This guy had this guy stole over sixty million dollars from New York in the eighteen hundreds. I see. Boss Tweed never had nothing on me. Is the whole deal of the robber barons? For those of you out there that don't know the story. I as there's another gym, I'm also a repository of information. <laughs> See? So Robert Barons, basically throughout the eighteen hundreds there was this system uh called Tammany Hall and they were just pulling all these these funds basically out of the local government and distributing it amongst their friends and stuff. And the guy who was masterminding it was Boss Tweed and Carnegie yeah. did it and yep. Astor did it and they would just use graft and you know, the idea is you say a building is, it's you're going to build a beautiful building, you're going to build Central Park, it costs so yeah. much, it actually costs two-thirds, and you keep the top third. And well, way to cash. take all the fun out of the July wrap, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm trying to make this a learning, I'm trying to like reading Rainbow It, make a little, you know. You go with the July wrap, the line, and go into the historical. Well, I like, I like history, bro. All right. The thing I like in my verse is talking about the winds passing over the desert. Or I say, it's like I knew very little Spanish, and I said, La Playa is a lake, a big open space for us to play. Mm. Like a milk crate or a crater on the moon. You swoon for a taste of this terrible tune. Scratching your back with a rusty gale. This wind is the worst when the storm drops hail. Oh, shit. <laughs> awesome, you still got it. Thank you so much for coming on through, man. This was, oh, it's my pleasure, all guys. This, all this material was so good, we had to do it twice. Yes, <laughs> yes, and we're going to do it a third time <laughs> in this recording. Well, you have else. more. You certainly have more to contribute. Uh, I mean, the, what you gave me does not even scratch the surface, so there's certainly more where that came from, and yeah. we would love to have you back uh, for real this time yeah. as a for real official follow-up. Do we have time for one more, probably? I don't know if we have time for one more. Uh, we, we might, we might. Could you tell us a little bit more about the Elephant Man with King Klucka? <laughs> so me and Jim had tons of rap names. His was his was King Kluke, 
and I'm Dizzle Dong, <laughs> or the other way around. I forget. <laughs> Dizzle. All right, all right. Those were some of the silly ones. You're gonna like this. This was recorded on a four track tape machine. Let's do it. And it's old school, but it's not rap. It. This is a great. I love this song. I love the vibe, and it's about the Elephant Man, which I knew nothing about. I just made up stuff. Some of the lyrics are like him trouncing through India as a real elephant. He's not the elephant man with the weird face. He's an elephant man. All right. Tying it all together. Thank you guys, man. This is uh, really fun, so I'm glad you had me back. So uh, where can people find you on the internet webs? Crusasis is C-R-U-S-A-S-I-S. I've got a band camp. I got a Facebook playing at St. Vitus in Brooklyn, August 16th. Ryan Smith, thank you so much for being here with us this week, man. Thank you to all of our listeners out there who are such dedicated listeners. Have a lovely rest of your day, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Right here, Lost and Rewound, Radio 3 Brooklyn.
When did you pick up a car, dude? A guitar. When? A car? <laughs> when? Like George Foreman. When did you, when did you, when did you, George Foreman, when did you, when did, when did you press a car? What a non sequitur. When did you pick up a car? <laughs> when did you New York City talk? Uh, okay. Let me see. Hey, sh- 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 you know what? A, 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 a 